Okay, welcome to the third episode of Coaching Youth Football, the podcast, um, in which we welcome Pete Augustine uh, to the show. Pete is a county coach developer at the Surrey FA. Um, I've had the privilege of working with him through some of my own coaching awards. Uh, Pete, welcome. Thank you, Mike. Um, if you could just kick us off, perhaps, by giving us a little bit of a, um, a background check on how you got into coaching in the first place and what your coaching journey looks like today, that would be great. Um, my, I got into coaching, it was kind of... Uh, a little bit by accident, I, I finished playing uh, in a very nondescript footballing career. Mm. Uh, and the last club I, I, I played for, they were looking for a reserve team manager. So um, when I realised that uh, all the younger players were running past me, um, uh, and well, the, about twenty-four, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've always run past me. <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah they, I think they were running past me for quite some time, but I, I refused to sort of uh, to admit it. And uh, and it was one day the, the, the first team manager said to me, uh, listen, son, I think you should t uh, uh, hang your boots up and sit, spend more time in the dugout and less time in uh, on, on the pitch. Um, harsh. It was yeah. harsh. <laughs> but yeah, so, I, I, so now that's how, how I started really. And, uh, and, and, and for me... Um, I didn't have any badges at the time, and at the time it was—it seemed like it was really hard to get onto a coaching course. It's not like it is today, where by you know, you know, everywhere you go, there's somebody's telling you about getting on a coaching course. And back then, it wasn't—it wasn't the same. So, I, I, it nearly took me about, when I first started inquiring. It took me nearly two years to find out about how to get on a course, and eventually I got on one. Um, uh, it was a level two in Middlesex. Uh, I think the level one had just started. Uh, not well, not. Yeah, it was quite new, the level one then, and uh, you were able to drop, jump because of your playing level. Okay. Uh, so I did the level two. Um, with that still exists to a certain level, doesn't it? If you've been a Premier League player, you kind of jump straight to the A license. Nope. Uh, no, is that not right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it seems to be. You don't get, you don't get Stephen Gerrard on a level one. Course, <laughs> I, I think probably what Stephen Gerrard would have probably when he started would have started probably at a level two, as you think. But now you have to take the level one. Really? Doesn't matter where you are, you've got to take level one, yeah. So, right. so yeah, so it's, that's, that's a sea change. And, and to be quite honest, I'll be honest with you, I, I wish I had taken a level one because I think I missed out when I went into level two. I, I didn't know this, obviously, but I, there was some learning that I missed out on. I think, I mean, luckily now I, 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 I tutor level ones, but but yeah, yeah I could see how that, that, that missing piece caused me a little bit of a problem when I first started coaching. In what way? Um, because I think it was a that, that basic fundament, those basic fundamentals around coaching, uh, you know, you know, uh, you know, setting up a, a little game to start off with, uh, you know, uh, you know, working with when you're working with younger players, and making a game fun and uh, enjoyable, uh, and 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 also getting away from because at the time when I when I was coaching young players, younger players, uh, when I first one of my first jobs was I was. We still played 11, 11 v 11 at, 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 um, at 10 years old. Mm. So there was no 77, no 9 v 9. It was just straight 11 v 11. Yeah. So, and sorry, and I, and I remember thinking at the time, this, this cannot be right. Um, and it was weird. Anyway, I, so, I digress. So when I did my level two, it was a very technical award. It was about teaching the technique of, mm. I, I think my... Um, my end project was um, crossing and finishing, mm. uh, crossing and headed finishes, mm. and I was coaching eight-year-olds at the time, so that was uh, a bit of a challenge. Um, but so, d is that what you mean? So, was it was it a technical award back then, and and you felt that you'd missed out perhaps on some of the softer skills and the organisation of skills, and gone straight into how you teach technique, or was it? Yeah, I think I missed that. The, I missed that because uh, I don't know what the what level one really looked like at the time, but I know it was it was based around the idea of fun, safe, and engaging, okay. and I missed out on that 
on that piece, I think. Um, I mean, the level one now, um, I think, um, is so much more involved um, from a point of view about, about the amount of information that you can get on a level one mm. now. And I, I think it's, I really do think it's an excellent course. And so my assistant Paul's just done his level one mm. actually with Jamie here at the mm. Surrey FA, and he came back. I asked him with plan do review in mind, I asked him to write a summary at the end of each day on what he's learned. And, mm. and I was quite surprised at yeah. just how more advanced the level one seems to have got, which is great, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah. A lot of information in a short period of time, which has been a, a great help for him. Yeah, uh, yeah. Certainly. I, I think, I think you know, the, the, the truth of the matter is anybody who comes on level one has got a set of skills anyway. So we, we talk about this idea of um, level, level one coach, but level five learner. So you know you, you can have on the course somebody you could have a doctor on the course, you know you're not going to teach you're not going to talk to that person like they you know they haven't learned anything in their lives. They'll have a, a distinct set of skills that they can bring to football. So yeah, um, and I think that's that some of those things. I think probably I, I missed out on when I did my my couldn't do level one, but you know you very quickly you you, you pick stuff up. Okay. Um, and I think I think it's the kids that make you pick stuff up more than anything. So um, yeah, so I, I spent five years at, at, at that first club, which was Beaconsfield Cycon. I had a great time there. Um, we, um, we we had quite a bit of success in that reserve team. We sort of we we'd won three promotions. I think we'd won. Um, I think we've got to a couple of cup finals and that sort of stuff. So that that was that, that was really good. I mean, I, again, I, I I don't know what it was with me. I mean, I was a fierce competitor as a player, but I wasn't such a fierce competitor as a coach. You know, I was look, always looking at the players and how we could make them better. Mm. Every time I did a training session before I even I um, uh, I um, I had my qualifications, I used to think to myself, how how do I coach this? You know, how do I coach set plays? How will how will I set that up? And I and I always used to think, well, actually, let me do it like how it would look like in a game. And and I always did that. I always always had that thought process. And I didn't know if it was right, whether it was wrong, whether I didn't know anything. Um, but I always felt like that I wanted my... Feels my, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I wanted it to look like what would happen in a game for the, for the, for the players. Um, and now we do a lot of that now, don't we? So, yeah. so, um, so to be quite honest, the fact that the FA have gone down that route has been really, really good. Um, it's easier for me to, to, um, to work with that, that, that kind of thinking anyway. Yeah. Um, so when did, at what point in that five years at Beaconsfield did you start coaching qualifications and... Where did that take you? And then when did you start to become a county coach developer and, and start coaching the coaches as well? Um, I, I kind of, um, I think I, I, I was about two, two years, two and a half years into the, into the job. And then I got my qualifications and then uh, I started my, my level two. And what I started to realise was that I, I wasn't a, um, like a lot of people, I wasn't a fast learner. I, I wanted to know the intricacies of what I was doing. I had to understand it. So I couldn't, just all right. You're going to do the course, and two months time you're going to you're going to assess. I thought, and I was no, 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 no. I, I need to know more about this. I don't understand what you've taught me, so I need to understand what you've taught me and why you taught it to me. Mm. And so I went away, and actually, it, I, I I didn't I didn't do my assessment until another uh, uh, I think it was 18 months after the course, um, and I flew through the assessment because I had so much more knowledge. Mm. Um, and then I did the same thing at UA for B, you know did the course, gave myself a couple of years, and then assessed, and in that time, you know, did a lot of learning in, okay. in, in, during that time. So, so the, the county coach developer job came up through, uh, I was, I was a, I ended up um, being very fortunate to get onto a program. Um, 
to become a, a, a coach educator. And uh, um, and I was running level ones. Um, and eventually I applied to run level twos because you, you could only run level, other level ones, level twos or level three. So you had to apply for a license for each one. Right. So um, so I got my level one and was doing level ones. Then I got the level two. Um, then I was, I just, I just worked. Just worked and kept trying to learn, kept trying to learn, kept trying. And then the CCD job came up. Never thought I stood a chance. And uh, to my surprise, they employed me. So uh, yeah, and uh, I just, um, I, you know, and I love every day of it. You know, it's a, it's a great job. You know, yeah. it's work for people like you, Mike. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> every every silver lining has its cards. <laughs> um, so in terms of. Um, this episode of the podcast, I, I ran a poll on Twitter asking people what they would like to hear next, mm. and developing themselves as coaches mm. uh, came out top narrowly. Uh, it was it was nearly a dead heap, but not quite, mm. uh, thanks to a late vote. So, what I'd love to talk to you about today, as a man who spends his life helping coaches mm. to develop themselves, is what can coaches do away from coaching courses um, in order to uh, improve themselves. So, um, Aristotle said, "We are what we repeatedly do." So, therefore, excellence is not um, innate; it, it's a it's a habit. Mm -hmm. or worse, worse to those effects. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, I think humans are massively creatures of habit, and if mm -hmm. we can get into good habits, then that's going to stand us in good stead. Mm -hmm. So in terms of a cadence of development for um, maybe a grassroots coach or even a, a coach working in a professional game, what sort of advice would you give to people to try and get into those good habits to make sure that they're continually developing and improving as coaches? I think the most important thing is, is to take your time about your development. I think what I see too often is um, people rushing to go from one qualification to another qualification to another qualification. You know, they don't and never stop to ask themselves why they need that qualification. The journey that you go on to get the qualification is the most important thing. So I would say th some of the things that I think have been really helpful to me is reading, just reading about about the human condition. You know, reading books about um, uh, I mean, one of the books I'm currently reading is, is, is Mindset by uh, Carol Dweck. Um, um, reading things like that, and you, you might not think that it has a huge amount to do with, with football per se, which it, it doesn't eat, but it does have a lot to do with the way people think. So you, learning to understand who you're going to coach is really, really important. Understanding why you're in coaching also is really, really important, I think. Um, I just think it's really good to just keep educating yourself. Uh, go along to any CPD events that you can you can you can get um, uh, get to. Um, ask other coaches if you can go and watch them. Film yourself right, and look at yourself. Um, um, uh, you, you know, get yourself an FA mentor, which is free. You know, you, so how would somebody go about doing that? Just uh, apply to the Surrey FA. Uh, and say that you want a personal mentor, mm -hmm. and uh, I mean it's, it's not a, it's not a finite resource, but you know you apply and see, and see if you can get yourself a mentor, or even just get yourself uh, somebody who you might know who's who's who's, who's who, you th who you respect to just run their eye over what you do, because I think uh, you know you can we were saying about silos working in silos. So sometimes we can do that very very easily. We, it's very easy to go, you know what. I'm doing really well because my team's winning every week. But we don't actually look at, well, what league is your team playing in? You know, are they winning every week because they are just the best team? Um, um, are, are they winning every week because everybody else is weak? You know, th those sort of things. 
Um, and I see that a lot of people talk about success as you know how many trophies you win. But if your players aren't developing and aren't getting better, well, that, to me, especially at junior football, that's that you're not getting success. You know, you, you, you know when other people look at you and go, "Wow, your team really can play." Yeah. You know, and they, I, I, the first episode—I don't know if you listened to it—the first episode of the podcast actually was with Richard King mm. from the uh, Dorking Wanderers next mm. door. So uh, <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't travel far for the third one. Uh, and also, he's involved in the Late Birthday Project, and oh, we were talking yeah, yeah. about bigger, faster, stronger boys yeah. at the younger age group that mm. potentially win a lot mm. um, because they're relying on the fact that they can just shove everyone out the way and mm. run past them. And, mm. and that development piece that you're talking about mm. is sometimes they can get a little bit left behind when they get to the older age groups. Mm. And, People have growth spurts, and then suddenly they can't rely on that speed or, the, or that, that. Exactly. Strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, technical excellence is is, is something that I think um, coaches should be looking to try and um, uh, instill in their players. Um, what that looks like these days is is it's so different because kids can go on the internet and they can they can watch Neymar over and over again. They can watch uh, Mbappe. They can watch. Um, Harry Kane, they can watch um, Jaden Sancho, Raheem Sterling, players like this, do amazing stuff. And what they can do, they can just go, right, I'm going to rewind that back, rewind that back and look at it. And break the, they can break the skill down themselves and they go out and they practice it. And, you know, um, I just did, a, did a, an article recently in the boot room about, you know, developing teenagers. And one of the things is that young, young players take risks because it gives them kudos with their with their mates. So if they do a, a, a rainbow flick over an opposition player's head, they won't talk about the goal, the hat trick they scored. They'll talk about the rainbow flick that they did over that person's head because it's like a, it's, it's like almost like a rite of passage almost. Yeah. And 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 it's really important that that coaches don't take that out of the kids. Now I'm telling you this now. I'm not going to teach any kid a rainbow flick. Because I will put my hip out, so it's not <laughs> even thinking about it. So I let them show me what they can do. My piece is for me is well, how do you make that relevant in the game? Those are the things that I have to be able to teach you. Is relevance to, to to the game, and I think you know I think every kid can develop. Every kid, I don't care. I've seen kids who who who've started out and they're really poor or, or deemed as really poor, and with just a little bit of of, of care and attention that they may not end up being a, 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 a player who goes and plays in the Premier League, but they can end up being a player who can uh, who, who can play a, a decent standard of football and can really enjoy football at a level that's suitable to them. Yeah. But, but it, you know, but if we're all if we all we're ever looking for is you know how many cups we can win and how many, we, we we miss out on this on that on that really beautiful thing where a child leaves us and they're still playing a game. I mean, I think that's so important. Yeah, that's almost success in its own right, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. So, so getting back to the um, to the, the, the various different ways that coaches can help educate themselves, um, I use the plan, do, review model mm. um, kind of relig religiously, and I've actually taken that to my business life as well on a daily and a monthly and a quarterly mm. basis. Um, but going through my UEFA B with your good self mm. uh, recently, I realised that my review was perhaps not what it could be, uh, <laughs> should we say, to put it to put it um, mildly. And and since then, and through that. That, that um, experience of going through that UEFA B course and since then I, I've really spent at least as much time reviewing mm. as I do on planning and doing. Mm. So could you talk a little bit about the the benefits of review and maybe some of the, the, the tips of the trade that you might give to coaches in order to help them make sure that they're reviewing the right things 
um, and they're getting the right sort of um, output of that of that work. Mm. I think the thing the thing that's most important about the review is 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 first of all your observation skills. So you might st actually start your review from your from the do bit. So you're doing something, and all the time you're looking at the practice and observing the practice. You're looking at, okay, is that working? Which players are involved? How are they involved? What am I, what am I doing? What's my, what are my behaviours? So you start to review from that point of view, and then from there, and you can look at um, how you've reviewed in that do bit. And at the end, you look at right, okay, what did I do? What bit did I change? Why did I change it? How did I change it? What was the effect of the change? And you start asking yourself all these questions about what you did and why you did it. And but at the end of that, you've got to ask yourself, well, okay, where did I start from? What did I want them to be better at by the end of that session? And if you can then, by asking yourself all those questions, can you then at the end of that say, okay, they, I, the evidence that I have is that they're better at this because of this, this, and this. And... From there, the next... And I would add to that, if I may, that I would add that, and are they better at that unprompted? Yes. Because you can coach somebody through something and they can do it because they hear you saying it, but then do they are they able to then do that without prompts? Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, so one of the things I, I, I would probably look at doing would be something like this is, okay, uh, so we set the session up and I might have my tactics board out and at the end, my review with the, with the players would be, okay, when this happens, what do you think you should happen? Show me on the board. So you've got your little pieces and you get them to move the pieces about when well, we could have done this, we should do Then you start to see what they know and what they remember and, and how they see the game. So as part of that, you can then say, okay, yeah, they were able to show me that because on the board they did this, 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 and this. Yeah. So I now understand that they... Because they, you're looking for evidence. That's what you're always looking for. Yeah. You just quite rightly said it. They will say stuff that they think you want to... They want yeah. Because you've been continually saying it. Would you want to go here? And sometimes now? academically they know the answer to the question, but they don't know how to put it into practice. Exactly, yeah. On the yeah, pitch, yeah. Because yeah, they may not have the skill set at, at that time. So, and, it, and then what happens is at the end of your review, that then uh, is, the, is, is the start of your next practice. And then you go and you go, right, okay. So you, go, you might even go from review to review. Well, okay. At the end of that session, I reviewed it and I, and I came up with this. What's, what themes do I see in, in, in this? In this this session's review. Mm. So you're looking at your reviews and you're going, okay, there seems to be a common theme here that I'm doing this. And it really helps you to, to really start to pinpoint the, 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 those bits that are going to make your coaching better. And that's mm. why I think that the, the idea of you reviewing is, 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 is so important. So, so important. Um, I, 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 last year I did a project um, when I was working with the under-23s here and I would I would uh, sit in the car and basically talk to myself about what we did and why we did it, and yeah. you know, and and I and I would um, I would have that that that, um, uh, that video footage and I'd, and I'd look back at it later, maybe a few days later, and say, oh, right, okay. So that that idea of the hot review, literally straight away afterwards. Yeah, yeah, just yeah. get it all out. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and then, yeah. you know, and even the ang sometimes you get the, the anger and the angst. If you played really badly, and I think some of the, some of the things about uh, about that is it, it starts to tell you a little bit more about you and about yourself and what drives you, um, what makes you, what pushes your buttons. And I think for me, um, you know, we have to understand ourselves yeah. massively 
especially when we're looking at this idea of review. Because yeah. it's because we cause listen. I can watch you and watch you coach, and I can review you and I can review your session and you can review your session back to me and we can agree on or disagree or what have you. But the truth of the matter is, is the review is about you. Yeah. What did you do? How did you do it? How did you? How, what was your measure of success for your session? Yeah. So it's about. It really isn't about you know what somebody else tells you. They can see it from their point of view. It's easy. From somebody else's point of view, because they're they're looking in at you. Yeah, yeah. But but, but the review um, process has to be like really self-critical and honest for it to be of any value, right? Because um, you you can just I mean, what the way I do it is I have five different sections that I review, and then a tick box that sits mm -hmm. underneath each one. Um, and it's quite easy if you've got a tick box to go tick. Yep, yeah, I did that well. Well done. Move on. Uh, <laughs> as if I've got like an out of ten yeah. score, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really obviously important to. Re really ask yourself did that really happen mm. um and, and obviously egos get involved then even if you're talking to yourself it's yeah. a bit like well it probably didn't um and it's and it's being sort of big enough and brave enough to admit to yourself that it didn't and then perhaps yeah. reflect a little bit deeper on why why didn't it happen yeah was it the practice design was it the information um you know a, a whole range of things it could be yeah but i think also it's really important to understand what you did well because mm. i think what happens is we 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 look at review as as critical as it's a critical review and and, and uh, as, as, as I was you know the word criticism it, it, it's, it's been sort of like um, it, it, the meaning's been lost isn't it because it's, it's it's a critique it's supposed to be something that is uh, that is positive not negative mm -hmm. so what, what what we need to do is say right okay, I did I did this really really well this was the, these were the bits because the bits that you did do well are the bits you need to keep. And you need to remember that they're there and keep doing them because those are your good behaviours. The things that you need to criticise, because you shouldn't, I don't think you, you should have uh, a longer list of criticisms than you do of positives. Because if you've got a longer list of criticisms than positives, it means you're not, you're not very good. Mm. Because, or, or you're, or you're seeing something. Is it not better to know that, <laughs> <laughs> or, or is ignorance bliss in this well, case? Well, let's, let's <laughs> well it's, it's understanding that actually, if I've got so many criticisms about myself, I need to change. I need to get better. Because if I can only say two good things about myself, but I can say twenty bad things about myself, then I've got a problem. So, uh, but. It's a good problem if you recognise it because then you can start fixing those 20. But you might start with two first and you get another two, then another two. So I think it, it's, it's that sort of thing. But I think as you go through the stages of, of your coaching journey, so if, you, if, you've, if you've got to say you have to be like yourself, your list of, of things that you see as not so great, they shouldn't really be that long. Mm. They should be sort of like, you're now starting to tweak and look at yourself a little bit more uh, you, it's it's the fine detail that you should be looking at now. Okay. Um, so so you yourself, but you're you're still obviously coaching uh, as well as teaching coaches. Mm. Um, what things do you look at when you're reviewing? Do you do you have a set list that you try and um, sort of work through, or do you tend to just let it all out as you say in a video and just come back to it? I found myself that um, I used to do the latter and just try and just think of everything that I can think of. But I found it really useful to make myself a checklist of the things that were important to me. Mm. Um, was it fun? Uh, did the players understand what we were trying to learn? And mm. most importantly, why? Mm. How is it going to help them? Mm. Can I relate it to the game of football? Does it mm. look like the game of football? And having that checklist made sure that 
I wasn't kind of all over the place in the review. I mean, how do you personally sort of handle a, a session review? Um, I, what I do is I look at what I was, what was I trying to achieve first of all, um, and because it, that narrows my focus. So today we're going to be working on I don't know ball manipulation, say for example. So were the players manipulating the ball in match type practices? Did they try to take players on? Did they just keep passing it? You know what? Did I encourage them? Did, I, did the practice allow? ball manipulation and is that a list of things that you just have in your head or is that a list of things that you write down and sort of work through how do you how do you I, I, process I, that I, I process it basically by, by again by, by using the principles of play when i'm using the principles of play i'm going right okay did this happen sam i also use the four corners as well mm. so i have the four corners and i it, it, you know when i'm planning i'm going right okay what are the technical things that i'm going to need what are the physical things that the players are going to need, and you know, um, you know, it's obviously psychological and, and, and social. And is that at an individual level, the four corners, at unit level, or it can be it can be anything because because I because sometimes I might be looking at a, at a particular player or group of players. So if I'm looking at a, a particular group of players in my review, I'll mention those group of players because I'm going to go right, okay, right. These were the ones I was really looking at, but. These other players, they did really well in it as well because they did so and so and so forth. So you then start to, because you've got your focus, your review then becomes um, much more, uh, much more, uh, um, how can I put it, much more specific because you're going, right, okay, that's the bit there that I needed and I wanted. Mm. And what actually happened during the session? Because uh, and I said to you guys on the, on the, on the B, I said a lot about, I said, your biggest tool is the tool of observation. Mm. If you're not observing correctly, yeah. you'll get the wrong things. So on that then, Pete, how would you um, hone your skills of observation? What, what do you do to make your observation skills better? I, well, I tell you what, I do, it's <laughs> funny. I just, I just watch games. Right. I, I just watch games. Any, if there's a game on TV... As a coach rather than as a fan. Uh, as a, yeah, I, well, I, I, unfortunately, I can't watch a game as a fan anymore. No. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm a nightmare to go to a game with um, because I'm going... How's he doing that? Have you noticed it? And it's, and it's, it, it's, uh, it's, it's, so I tend to, if I'm going to go to a game, I, I like to go to a game with people who are, yeah. who are, who are football coaches as well. Um, uh, because anybody who's coming, anybody who's coming to watch it as a fan with me, uh, are gonna, they're going to get very, very annoyed. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I have heard. Oh, the joy sucked out. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I've heard, I have heard, Peter, shut up, will ya? <laughs> On a number of occasions. And that's just at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and at work. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think for me, it's, it's, I will, if I'm going to watch a game, say, for example, I would say, and I, and I took this from, when I was on my A license, I would pick a topic and see if I could see it in the game. So I might say, right, I want to see how they def um, how they defend in the final third. And every time the ball's in the final third, then my my um, my coaching radar will go on. Right, okay, how do they do it? Where's their balance? Where's their cover? Again, just using the principles of play. Uh, and right, okay, is that right? Oh, right, oh, oh, boom, they scored. Oh, how did that? You know, and I'm looking at it. And then what I'll do, I'll Rewind it and see right where did the goal come from, you know, you know, you know what could they have stopped it? Where could they have stopped it? And that's how I honed my skills, okay. um, and, and I continue to do that. I mean, I was watching the uh, women's under 19s the, uh, the other day, and um, watching the game, and I was right, and I was looking at the players, and I was going, okay, what what? And, and I was looking at it from a technical point of view, and I said, right, what what are the technical pieces 
here that that I would expect from that centre back or from that full back or from that midfield player. Um, why is that team stronger than that team? Why are that why is that team pinning that team in that half? And those are the things that I start to look at. And I look at really specific stuff. Okay. And I think that's when you know when you talked about you know coaches developing themselves. That's, I think that's you 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 have to watch the game. Yeah. You have to watch the game and you have to watch it as a coach. And ideally live. Ideally live, yeah, because yeah. you know uh, if. If you can watch, if you can go to a game, and you can watch it live, and um, and you can go right, okay, what are the things I picked out? And a lot of times now, obviously, you can go home and it's, it might be on TV, and then go back and watch it on yeah. the TV. I mean, I watched the cup final last year and watched Manchester City um, had a, a, a dismantled poor old um, Watford, but yeah. And I watched them, and watching it live, I, I was, I was like, I, I, I took a bit of video footage of it, and I thought, look, uh, just to see City's shape when they were attacking. Yeah. And I thought, look at them. We discussed this, didn't we? It's um, like compact is one of the defensive principles of play. Yeah. It was almost like they were compact in attack. Exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was. They win the ball. They're not going to be able to do anything with it. Exactly. Yeah. So pinned in. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, what would I do if I was the manager of the other side? And I could see that he was damned if he did and damned if he didn't. You know, because if you're uh, um, um, Watford manager, you're looking at Manchester City and you're looking at them, you're going, if I even give them half a chance here, yeah. they're going to score. And the way they picked them apart, you know, they, they were defending with 11. Yeah. You know, and they still managed to pick them apart. And those are the sort of things. You, but but and then I looked at it, and, I, and again, for a coach's up, right? Okay, what did those players, or what would those players need to have known at ten years old to be able to play like they are now? Yeah. What skill set would they have to, had to have been coached into them to be doing the things that they're doing now? Well, you know, what sort of encouragement would they have? Would they have needed to have had? So you almost see the answer in front of you, and then you work it back to the question: How did they, how did they get to be? Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. yeah. And so you then start to think about, well, then I start to think about my own coaching. Would I be able to do that? Would I be able to teach those things that to those kids uh, if I had those, um, those young kids? And, and if not, why not? Mm. And um, would I be able to spot if a certain kid couldn't do a certain thing that I would want them to do? Yeah. So one thing I found really useful to um, sort of hone my observation feels is that uh, skills very much the same as you but it started with um as i was going through my uefa b i approached the club Sutton united that i'm a part of and i went mm. down to watch i don't know six or seven first team mm. training sessions mm. and then went to the match on the mm. saturday and see if i could link what they were trying to do in training mm. to what actually mm. happened in the match and mm. i found that really useful not not everyone will have that um, ability mm. but something that occurred to me while we were talking there pete is if you're coaching under eights under nines let's say um there's obviously a massive value at going to live first team matches and and doing everything that we just discussed. Mm. But is it almost better um, to be watching more youth matches, um, or do you think it doesn't matter? I, I think I think we, we have to we have to look at our kids and, and, and look at them as to where they are. You know, where, where are they? What, what skill sets do they have? I think it's really good to compare and contrast with other uh, um, kids of the same age. So what? So let's say, for example, in your league, there was a team that's absolutely flying uh, under age. One of the things I'd look at is, well, why are they flying? What is it that, that, that those kids have that, say, my kids don't have? And what would I have to give my kids for them to be as good as those kids? Sometimes it might be just, just bigger. Yeah. You know, 
So you say, right, okay, they're just bigger than us and they, our, our kids are scared because they don't want to get hurt. Mm. So how do I teach my kids not to get into that physical battle with a team like that? Yeah. If they're technically really, really good, well, what does the coach do? So we've got those eight-year-olds that technically good that they're bopping the ball about and so on and so forth. Mm. Um, you know, if you, if you go and watch um, a lot of academy kids at eight or nine and you see, wow, they're fantastic. That's just all about one thing and one thing at a time. You, the more you play, the more time you have, the more, uh, the more you practice, the better you become. Yeah. You know? And, and, and from six to eight, if, you, if you're getting two or three, four times a week coaching, you're going to get better. Yeah, you're gonna get better. So, so from from an online point of view, um, and you know, just re reminding ourselves that we're talking about how can coaches develop themselves. Obviously, coaching youth football is massive. Uh, dot org. Uh, <laughs> but, but apart from that, what um, online resources would you recommend that are age specific? Because what I see a lot of is. Um, there's a lot of content published about this is what Pep did at Barcelona, mm. uh, and that's amazing when you've got Messi and and, and uh, the rest of uh, his merry men. And then they try and put that on with seven-year-olds or whatever because it looks like a professional uh, session plan that they found mm. that mm. Pep likes. So if it's good mm. enough for him, it's good enough for us. Mm. But that's not necessarily age-specific. So no. um, with, with that age-specific hat on and you know the, the the wealth of information that's online, what would you recommend? people look for I, I think I think you can't go far wrong with the um, the the, um, the hive um, pages with them um, Pete Sturgis yeah uh, the, the foundation phrase I, I really don't think you can go too far wrong with that yeah. because that is really set up for that um, and, and, and Pete Sturgis is, is anybody who knows, who's, who's seen him work We'll see that he's done such fantastic work with, with, with um, yeah. With, There's a few masterclasses you can find of his online yeah. working with academy players and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's exceptional. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, you know, it, it, you know, Pete would be the first one um, um, to say that he, you know, he, he's not the, he's not the, the the front of all knowledge. But there's other stuff out there um, that you can look at um, uh, as well. Um, things like uh, Integrity Soccer with Ben Bartlett you, you know that, that he's got some very very good stuff there is he still doing that now is it Fulham no, I'm not sure you know I don't, I don't know No, but, I, but I, his website might, might still be up there yeah. um, but I mean I, I looked at some of the stuff that he did and I thought wow you know what I mean uh, you know I still I still go back to some of the stuff the older stuff a few years ago um, with um, with with uh, uh, um, Trying to think, would I get? Um, I picked up a few bits and pieces. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who did it, but there was some stuff that I saw uh, that was quite old. But I thought actually that works quite well. Um, who was it? I can't remember who it was. Um, they had some stuff out there. Um, I, I think um, Michael Beale. Michael Beale had some oh, stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, he had some good stuff. You know, uh, but but the game changes. So some of that, those stuff you look at it and you go, mm, would I would I do that? But it's not about oh yeah, would I do it or wouldn't I do it? It's okay. That bit's good. But what's the bit that I can change to make it so, say re relatable to say what I'm doing now? Yeah. And I think that's the thing is people try to people take stuff and they take it as rote. It's going to be like this. Yeah. No, you, you've got to look at your kids. What can your kids do? Yeah. You know. So you might see a little um, passing practice with 
that Pep's did in so on and so forth. But your kids can't do that. So maybe you might get them to do it by throwing the ball or, or, or rolling it or whatever it is. I don't know. But I, one of the things I do know is that, you know, look at your kids and, and look at what they can and can't do. You, you can't have a situation where your kids are, you're trying to get your kids to do stuff that people who are, who are eight levels above them are doing. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. So you, you mentioned Michael Bill there. I listened to a, a, one of the longest podcasts I've ever heard, actually. It was, it was <laughs> getting on for an hour and a half, but yeah. it's fascinating about his journey from Chelsea to Liverpool and then off to Brazil and back mm. again. Well, something he said really resonated with mm. me, and it's what we were talking about there, about mm. knowing your kids and being very player-centred. Mm. He said, every child that um, comes in, basically the parents have given you their most valuable asset. Mm. Treat every child as if they're your own kid, yeah. which leads nicely on to my next question, which is, I hear that you're going to be coaching your own son, who's <laughs> uh, the same age as my son uh, next season. So yeah. what what do you think that that's going to do to your... Um, your coaching, do you think that's going to challenge you based on what you know about your son at home? Um, yeah, he's a good, actually he's a good boy. So, he, so uh, he, he's um, the only thing that's going to be difficult for me is getting him to concentrate. So, because <laughs> yeah. he likes to mess about with his mates. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I used to. It's funny because I, I, I've had a, a few um, a few instances where I've coached people who are related to me. So I, I used to coach my brother uh, when my brother was uh, was a lot younger, and uh, I wasn't very good at it because I was quite hard on him because I was thinking well if he's if, if I'm not hard on him he'll um, people think uh, you know, everyone else that way yeah. yeah exactly so I was quite hard on him and um, people said you know you're way too hard on your brother and I said oh, no he, he needs to toughen up he needs to toughen up but I realised actually I didn't do him any favours um, but he was very talented and I think what was the, 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 I don't know whether it's, it's whether it's that sibling rivalry I mean if I had even uh, 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 you know, a, a, a tenth of, of the ability that he had, possibly um, added to my determination. Maybe I could have been a professional footballer. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he was so naturally talented; it was it was actually scary. Mm. But he just didn't. I didn't think he had the uh, the, the, the mental strength to be the the, the, the player to go on and and and, um, and and become a really good player. And I think that frustrated me. So what I learned was that. You know what? I can't become frustrated with any player, you know, my son included. Um, um, and, and so it, it's. It, I, I take um, a much more of a, a, a watching brief. So I tend to step back a lot more now than I used to. So I tend to step back and watch, set the practice up and watch, see what's happening, and then go in and, and, and make little points to players as as they're going along. And so. You know, if, if if my son say, for example, isn't doing something that's part of the practice, I just go and say to him, "Look, son, think about this, think about that, think about that." Okay, just to remind. How do you him, think he'd receive that information? I think he'd be all right. I think it's just as long as I'm fair. I think I think he's because he, also as well, he he's you know he'd be the first one to say I'm not being fair on him. So I think as long as I'm fair on him and treat him the same as everyone else, I don't think there'll be a problem. Cool. Um, yeah. Okay. So um, it's the 26th of July, and you've just been put in charge of grassroots football in the UK. Oh, please, no. <laughs> you can't do everything on day one, obviously. <laughs> Not even God could do that. But, um, so you, you've got one thing you can start doing in grassroots football and one thing you can stop doing, and that can be related to coaches, that can be related to players, that can be related to parents, or that can be related to clubs. It's up to you. So one thing that you'd stop today, day one of this new job. It's a big question, Mike. It's a big question. Yeah. Um, 
One thing I'd stop. Yeah. Uh, I'd stop anybody being able to uh, coach unless they had a level one. Fantastic. And one thing that you would like to start immediately, something that you'd like to see happening that perhaps doesn't happen all the time or at all today. Uh, one thing I would like is that every club should be chart standard. Fabulous. Spoken like a true FA man. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pete, if people want to get in touch with you, thank you so much for your time today. Really, really appreciate it. Um, I hope you enjoy your holidays, which uh, obviously you put the flight back just to be on the show. I did, yes. <laughs> uh, thank you to BA for their uh, accommodation there as well. So how would people get in touch with you if they wanted to uh, do so? Oh, they can get hold of me uh, on Twitter. Uh, um, your handle? At Surrey, uh, at Surrey underscore, underscore C C D. Yeah. <laughs> Um, or they can uh, email me at uh, peter.augustin at thefo.com Perfect, thank you very much and to all the coaches uh, listening thank you for your time today uh, the idea of coaching youthfootball.org uh, or the Facebook page co uh, facebook.com forward slash coach youth football is for coaches by coaches so the idea is that we we all learn from each other and we all share our experiences and thoughts and ideas so we can all get better together so please do follow us on on Facebook facebook.com forward slash coach youth football or you can follow myself on Twitter at youth coach Mike thanks very much for listening and episode four will be along very shortly <laughs>